Welcome to Sober Talk. I'm Dennis and I have lived experience of alcohol. If you or anyone you know is struggling with alcohol, please call Alcoholics Anonymous on 1300 or check out their website on aa.org.au. I'll just run through the preamble of Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other. They must solve their common problems and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses or opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. The quality of this audio recording is very low, but it is the only way we can present this story and it's important. So PBAFM thanks you for being very forgiving. Hi, my name is Tony. I'm an alcoholic. I must admit, uh, it was never my intention to be an alcoholic and uh, I can't say that I'm proud to be one. But it is a fact of life and one that would, it's something that one must live with. I don't know exactly um, at what point in time I lost the control over my ability to drink in a social manner, in a proper social manner. But it was, as I say in the big book, it's a progressive disease. And um, it was a period of time I was able to manage it quite well. And I enjoyed it, and it was a good friend, and it was good fun in social times, and helped me to mix and mingle and enjoy um, the functions, etc. But over a period of time, um, I noticed that my drinking—I just craved to have a little bit more, so I went from drinking occasionally to drinking more frequently, and. Gradually, I built up to daily drinking, and that's um, when I noticed it started to change slightly. It was always drinking was always um, how would I put it? It was an enjoyable pastime, but at some point, I seemed to have crossed that line where I had the choice of drinking or not drinking, um, and I just can't pinpoint exactly where it was, but. I think because it is a gradual disease and it sneaks up in you, uh, it it just kind of sneaked up and overtook me and I found out that I needed to drink every day. And even drinking every day wasn't that bad, but it was the ability over a period of time to consume more and more and more. And not only that, but it was the fact that I wanted to get to that happy place as quickly as possible. And in the early days, that was enjoyable. I used to get that happy place. It was nice and slow and steady and it built up. And it was gradual and lasted quite a long time and I enjoyed it. But gradually as the disease took hold, and unbeknownst to me, and at that time it was a disease, but I just noticed that I wanted to get there quicker. And and I did get there quicker. I managed to get to that peak very very quickly by increasing the quantity and and the uh, the strength. And once I reached that peak, I found that that peak didn't last like it did in the beginning, where it was low, 
long and enjoyable and you call that the sweet spot, I suppose, just for a better want of a better word. The sweet spot disappeared very, very quickly. I would get to the point of the happy spot, but it would last for a very brief period of time. Then I would start coming down. So I would drink a bit more to help me get back up there. And it never seemed, I could never seem to get that feeling of fulfillment, of contentment, of having enough. It was like a void, a void that needed to be filled, but was just infinitesimal. I just didn't know when to stop. I, well, I did know when to stop. That's not true. To a certain I did know when to stop. I stopped when, uh, and I had a degree of control. I will admit, from from most of my alcoholic drinking, I did manage to function and, uh, on a day to day basis. I went to work and I went to my gym and I did all the stuff that I was, I was meant to do. But in the meantime, my health was ailing and my memory was going. My body was failing bit by bit. I noticed I had the shakes and the shivers. I was continuously, I, I couldn't remember things. I couldn't remember where I put things. Um, and I was uh, overcome. I started over getting overcome with um, panic attacks, which were rather unusual for me. But so in when this initially started happening, I said to myself, well, I'm just not going to drink anymore, I'll stop. Which I thought would be yeah, a no-brainer. You decide you're not going to drink and yeah, you stop. So I remember the first time I tried it was a Sunday night. I said, I'm not drinking Monday. And, and I had no intention of drinking Monday. And I woke up in the morning and <clears throat> I was a little bit hungover as usual, but went to gym <clears throat> and did my workout, got to work, and the day progressed. But I noticed by about 12 or 1 o'clock that that uh, dedication or commitment to not having a drink that day was starting to wilt a little bit. I was kind of, it was cracks were starting to appear because I started getting that feeling. Of, it wasn't a, a craving for uh, the alcohol as such. It was more of a craving a taste in my mouth. It was... A feeling that there was something missing that because of that time of the day that's when I used to always get the feeling of yes well it's only another four or five hours to go and then I can have a drink and as I've said and shared many times at meetings it um, part of the fun was it was the looking forward to the drink the drink was it was a reward for a day um, it was um, for want of a better word, it was like foreplay, uh, where one really anticipated before the act and the act of, con of consuming or consummation by taking the first drink. I was looking forward, but once I'd taken that first drink, then that was gone. I passed that point. The remorse and the guilt started settling in. It started settling in because I hadn't achieved the goal that I achieved. I had, I had made for myself that day. Secondly, I started feeling that what's wrong with me? Why can't I stop? Why am I like I'm not like you? Why am I like other people? I'm, I'm different. I just, it, this just won't stop. So I, I, you know, I should be able to stop. It's wrong. I'm weak. I'm weak. And so then I would say, okay, well, I'll run it for today. I'll, I'll try it again tomorrow. And I tried it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And I did, I kept trying for 
many, many years, and I could just never seem to get over the line. And although my life wasn't totally unmanageable, emotionally, morally, spiritually, psychologically, I, I was uh, I was probably in a, probably bankrupt to a certain degree, or at least uh, definitely um, not at my peak, to say the very, very least. Um, I was. I was isolating. I didn't really want to go anywhere. And it's been said at the meetings many, many times, if you're not drinking but you're thinking about drinking, then you've got a problem. And I certainly, most certainly, was thinking about drink all the time. Everything was planned on the basis of how I would drink, what I would drink, where I would drink. So if we were going out, I would make sure that it was to a place that served alcohol. If I was going to visit somebody that we were only going to have a couple of drinks, I would have some drinks before I got there to ensure that I was able to function and just settle on the two, a few until I got back home to my little stash that I had hidden somewhere. Um, and that, that's when I noticed that those behavioral patterns started to change. Um, and in doing so, I started to lose control, and not just, not just of my life, and not just of my will or my choice, but I just started to lose lose myself. I became filled with self pity and loathing, and um, um, I, I wasn't I wasn't a happy person, to say the very least. Alcohol was a great friend in the beginning, and then for some unknown reason, it turned on me. And it turned with a viciousness that I was least expecting. I was blindsided by its ability to kind of sneak up on me and possess me in a way nothing else ever had. I'd always believed that I was strong-willed and that I could manage things, that I could manage my life, that I could. I was orderly, uh, I was disciplined, I was a hard worker. And I still was, but the one area that I seemed to lack and the one area seemed was the ability to be able to take control of my destiny when it came to alcohol. And that most certainly hurt because I'd always had been in control and to lose control was just devastating. So I took the usual path as we all do. I went and seen counsellors and did the right things, but... Um, Unfortunately, uh, I went there for the wrong reasons. I went there to be able to justify my drinking and to give my wife uh, some comfort in that I was doing something about it. But I told the counsellor and psychologist that my drinking wasn't as bad as it was. I made up the stories. I minimised the drinking and I maximised the the daily pressures I was under. And of course, naturally, I managed to convince them that really I was more of a heavy drinker and their suggestion was, well, just change your direction on the way home from work because that seems to be habitual from you, which I did. But I did find that there are other pubs on the way home and regardless of what I did or when I did it, I got back into the old routine again and uh, I was back to square one, unfortunately. Suffice to say that the real reason was that... Uh, I didn't really want to stop drinking, and that's the reality of it, whether I liked it or whether I didn't like it, uh, until I came to, or I was knocked to my knees and reached my uh, 
rock bottom, things weren't going to change. So I carried on my merry way and uh, continued to do some more research and justify myself that I was just a heavy drinker and that I was entitled to a drink after a hard day's work. But ultimately, uh, it got to a point where things started getting worse. My functionality each day was decreasing marginally. It was still there. I was still able to get to work and I was still able to do the things that I needed to do. But nevertheless, I did notice a slight deterioration in my capacity to remember things and to do, you know, the things that would be, uh, that should have been totally and absolutely done with ease, especially in my line of work. I think part of my problem was that I didn't actually want to stop drinking. Uh, I wanted to find reasons for, to be able to keep on going because I had this innate fear of my life would come to an end, the fun would finish. But the harsh reality of it was uh, the fun had stopped a long, long time ago. I know that in the early days I used to enjoy myself and it was when I did drinking and went to parties, it was for fun and I could take my inhibitions, free them up and, and have a great time. But as I said before, as it progressed, the, the nature of the disease, it takes over and it starts, it starts feeding on your fear and the guilt and the remorse that exists within each and every one of us. But it's particularly manifested when we drink drink alcohol, and I found that was my biggest problem. I started getting more and more depressed. Uh, I started feeling angry with myself, uh, and then I needed to feed that desire with my best friend, the bottle. And the bottle did give me relief, but it only gave me temporary relief. It's like putting dust underneath the carpet. The dust is always there. It doesn't go away. You need to pick it up and put a dustpan and put it in the rubbish bin. That was part of my issues. I couldn't deal with my problems. I didn't want to deal with my problems. I wanted them to be sorted out for me. I wanted to hide under that mask of alcohol, help me kind of escape on a, on a daily basis for a period of time. But yet I remember when I was going to bed each night and I would look in that mirror, I was looking in the face, a face fulfilled with disappointment, loathing, self-hate, lack of self-worth and a belief that what is wrong with you? I used to think in some ways I was almost schizophrenic in nature. I have these conversations to myself saying, what's wrong with you? Why can't you stop? Why can't you be like a normal drinker? Why can't you used to have a few? But I didn't understand the complexities of the disease. I didn't understand that when I got a grip of hold, a hold of you, that the damage you could do. I didn't understand the philosophy that the first drink is the one that did the damage. I didn't understand the philosophy that you take it one day at a time. I had no idea because although I knew about alcoholism, I didn't know about those particular things. And I know it took a long time for me to finally accept that I needed help, that I couldn't do this on my own. And I had been putting it up because I was scared. I was scared of what people think. I was scared of what my family would think. I was scared of what my workmates would think. I was scared about what would happen. I was already presuming that the worst would happen, that if you didn't drink, how could you live? How could you lead a normal life? How could you go to a party? How could you have a good time? How could you celebrate at a wedding or birthdays or uh, baptisms or whatever the case may be in any way, shape or form? I felt that. If I stopped, admitted that I was an alcoholic, that my life was over, 
And that was the sad part about it. I didn't know about the program, and I didn't know how simple it, the program was. Anyway, as time went on, my drinking did progress. It got worse and worse. And although I did manage to function, the, my quality of life was far from, far, far, far from, from happy. Uh, every day was a burden. Every day was looking forward to having a drink to kind of get rid of the, the demons within. And every night I went to bed with more demons added to more demons. So, and I didn't even sleep properly. I was going to bed and I was going into, I was comatose. I'd sleep for a short period of time, then I'd be wide awake. And I was nervous, I was twitching, I was nauseous. And then I'd get up and I'd go to my gym and go to work and I'd wait for the next fix. I couldn't wait for that fix, that overwhelming urge. And I think the panic attacks eventually which really got to me into the rooms because I started getting getting more and more frequent. And then I thought, I can't do this anymore. I can't be scared of my own shadow. And I was coming to case. I was scared of everything and anything. And I needed alcohol. It's often been said in the rooms that the alcoholic drinks to go to a party where a normal person goes to a party to get drunk. And I was that person. I had to have the drinks before I went to the party. And then I would sit there like the gentleman pretending to be sipping on my wine or sipping on my scotch or whatever the case may be, uh, and that I wasn't totally in control. But the reality of it was I was the one sitting in the corner. I was the one watching and loathing other people, the fact that they could have fun and they could stop. And then when I'd get up to leave and I'd see all those bottles of half-empty bottles of wine, half-empty glasses of wine sitting around the tables, I was the one waiting when they turned their back and I'd scull a couple of quick ones before my wife wasn't looking or anybody around me wasn't looking. I'd take a quick squeak and I'd say, you know, I'd say, how can people, how can people leave alcohol like that behind? I didn't realize that I was the one with the major problem. I had no idea. I had no idea. But eventually, as I said, the panic attacks got to me and... I decided to make a call to uh, AA, and I, I remember that morning I, was, I made the call and they said to me, you know, try and not drink for today and try and get to a meeting tonight. And I said, look, I'm sorry, I've got a, a work meeting tonight, I'm not able to go, but I'll do my best. So I went really, really strong and I, I was feeling confident and I managed to get through that day and I didn't have a drink. That night was very, very different. It was pretty much hellish as I can recall. But I managed to get to bed without having a drink and I woke up the next morning and that was the first time in many, many, many years that I actually woke up the following day without actually having a drink from the day before. And I was very, very proud of myself to a certain degree. You know. And in any case, I did as what they requested. I went to a meeting the following night and I remember going to that meeting and it was pitch black and I parked furthest away from the hall. I was worried that somebody that might be there that I might know and I wandered in sheepishly and I, I walked into a room full of people laughing, having a good time and I was greeted and everybody shook my hand and welcomed me and said there's tea and biscuits in the corner, sit down, relax and all we can suggest is just listen for the differences, listen for the similarities, not the differences, I beg your pardon. And uh, and keep coming back. And I thought, well, okay, well, I can do that. So I sat down and listened. And uh, I said, a lot of the stories I didn't really relate to because some of them were pretty horrific. And people had lost a lot of things. They'd lost families. They'd lost relationships. They'd lost 
lost myself, so I'd lost everything. And I started thinking to myself, well, well, okay, well, I keep coming back. So I kept coming back. I kept the next night and the next night. And over a period of time, I started to kind of feel comfortable. I started to be welcomed and I had people who wanted to shake my hand. And, you know, I got involved and started talking to people. And they asked me how much I was drinking. And I, I was open and honest with them. And I found for the first time in my life, I found people that I could actually tell the truth. I could really tell them the truth. And it felt good. It felt relief to be able to kind of uh, express how I feel openly and honestly without being judged. And that was a great bonus. But it did take me a long time, I will admit, before I could admit uh, that I was an alcoholic. It probably took me five or six weeks before I sat down. And I remember I was asked to share once. And and I, I remember sitting there and thinking before I opened, and I said, my name's Tony. And then I went... What do, I think, what do I say? What do I say? And I said, I'm an alcoholic. And in some ways, it was a total relief. It was a kind of a relief to, to finally admit it. But by the same token, it was probably the scariest time that I can ever remember in my life. It was scary for the fact that, as I said before, I projected my rest of my life. I am not able to drink for the rest of my life now because I admitted to something. I've admitted that I'm an alcoholic. I'm not allowed to drink anymore. So how am I going to live? How am I going to have fun? How am I going to enjoy it? Little, not even thinking again, which I said before, my life, the fun had left my drinking a long time before that, a long, long time before that. There was no more joy in it. It was a kind of a temporary relief. And it was a relief of, of the pain and the guilt and the remorse and all those sorts of things. But it was something that my friend had gone. He was gone. I was replaced by somebody I didn't know. It was now my enemy, my worst enemy. And again, I, I, I kept coming back and I kept sharing. I kept listening. But I still had this problem with dealing with this concept of never drinking again. And then a member said to me, I want you to remember, remember what we said to you in the beginning. Take it one day at a time. Even break it down to an hour, to a minute. And just survive. You're not drinking for an hour. You're not drinking for the next hour. You're not drinking for the next two hours. You're not drinking for the next 12 hours, 24 hours, 48 hours. And before long, I had six, eight, ten weeks up. Then it was 12 weeks. Then it was on and on it went. And bit by bit, I learned to really uh, become part of the fellowship. I became, I felt I was, I would belong to something. And then it was recommended that maybe I help with opening up or, or maybe opening up for a bit. And I said, okay, so I give it a go. And, and it was a bit of kind of a thrill to be kind of part of being an organization and, and doing bits and pieces. And, uh, bit by bit, I started learning more about myself. I started dealing with my emotions because when I came in, my emotions were all covered up. I was a dust underneath the carpet. It was covered. It was hidden. I didn't know how to deal with them. But I was starting to feel the sobriety brought them. This unusual, weird, raw emotions came out that I couldn't understand. I couldn't control. I had anger. I had anger like I never felt before. I had rage boiling within me. And it was rage at other people. I, I was focused on everything. Everything I seen was all about alcohol in the early days. It was if I seen advertised on TV, I, I looked at the pubs. I seen the people in there laughing. I seen them standing out the front drinking. And I just wanted to hit them. I really wanted to hit them. But what I didn't realize was I was angry at myself 
for my inability to be able to control my drinking. I was angry that I, I, I wasn't like one of them and I could never be like one of them. But in that, I was starting to face, finally face my own demons. I was starting to finally face myself and come up to the reality that life's life, life is tough on life's terms. And for the first time in many, many, many years, I started to face my problems. I started to deal with them as they came. I learned how to say sorry. I learned how to be more patient and tolerant. I learned how to be more understanding. And bit by bit, my life got better. Much, much better. We have local meetings uh, for the full week in the local area. Uh, Monday's gala meeting at 8 o'clock. Tuesday's Elizabeth East at 8 o'clock. Wednesday's Elizabeth East at 8 o'clock. Thursday's Two Wells at 8 o'clock. And Friday's Salisbury at 8 o'clock. There's a meeting at Daveron Park at 12 o'clock. And on Sunday there's a meeting in Salisbury at 7 o'clock and many other meetings in the area. For details of your local meetings, please phone 1300-222-222. And once again, if anyone you know is struggling with alcohol issues, please call Alcoholics Anonymous on 1300-222-222. The website is aasouthaustralia.org.au.